At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer from Lilo. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Easton Family Podcast. And we've got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment, Matt Josephs, better known as Ben Major Matt. Tremendous handicapper. Does a good job on a little bit of everything. College basketball, college football, MLB. list goes on and on. He's doing his previews over there at Athlon Sports. And day in and day out, he does a great job taking a look at the MLB market. In the second segment, we're going to talk about winners and losers of the trade deadline. Teams that want to be proving themselves. If this winds up having a little bit of an effect on the K market. And which teams is going to be probably going over their K prop a little bit more. Now that the trade deadline has come to pass. And what he all likes on the card for Friday, and then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast, and if you got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters M. Amy does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline, and the other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you hear this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but had a good day of baseball on Thursday. So let's take a look back at it, try to find some trends, and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. 9-3, the Toronto Blue Jays go to Minnesota and get the job done as Alec Manoa. Manoa, what, he was pretty good, giving up two runs over the course of six innings. He winds up walking four, a little bit uncharacteristic, but was able to get through that. Tim Meza, Yimmy Garcia, both give you a scoreless setting before Anthony Bass 
gives up a run, but he was helped out by the fact that the Blue Jays put up a six spot in the eighth inning as you wound up having Vlager or Jr. in that eighth inning go deep off of Ty Duffy, his 22nd home run season, and Emilio Pagan let it go up again for Teos Hernandez. Hernandez, his 16th home run season at Sonny Gray. Five scoreless innings, but couldn't deliver a ton of length due to walks as he gave out five of them. And then Trevor McGill, three runs given up while getting four outs. Ty Duffy, three runs allowed while getting five outs. And Emilio Pagan gives up three runs, two of which were earned in his inning of work, so that was not great. Jake Cave, he gets his first home run of the season, a very rare sighting, going deep off of Anthony Bass, and that's about all that the Minnesota Twins wound up having. The St. Louis Cardinals wind up taking a pair from the Chicago Cubs. They got game one by a count of four to three as Lars Newtbar winds up driving in. The winning run, Marcus Stroman, relatively solid start here. Deals wind up giving up a pair of home runs, but three runs in total in six and two-thirds innings. Paul Goldschmidt, 26th home run season. Nolan Gorman is 12th as Miles Michaelis. He gave up three runs of his own in six and a third innings, including a home run to Wilson Contreras, 15th home run season. Brendan Hughes gets far outside the bullpen without allowing anything for the Cubs before. It was Mr. Eric Yuleman who winds up giving up the winning run to Mr. Lars Nutbar. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, he wound up having Giovanni Gallegos, Ryan Helsley, both provide a scoreless setting, and James Maley. He was able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And then in Game 2, a little bit more of a comfortable win, 7-2 the final as the Cubs wind up giving Sean Newcomb his first start in a very long time. He winds up giving up a homer and two runs in total over the course of three innings as it was Nolan Arenado getting his 21st home run season Tyler O'Neill a little bit later he would get his 6th home run season off of Kerwin Castro. Castro allows three runs in an inning including that homer Mark Leiter Jr. and Michael Rucker combined for three scoreless innings before he wind up having two runs in an inning surrendered by Matt Dermotti. That is a name we haven't said in a very long time and for the Chicago Cubs Patrick Wisdom does wind up getting his 20th home run season. That comes off of Jose Quintana. His debut for the Cardinals, pretty darn good. That's so home run was the lone hit that he wound up allowing over the course of six innings. Jordan Nix, he winds up giving up a run in an inning before Genesis Cabrera and Chris Strain both deliver scoreless innings. DK Nation pick of the Boston Red Sox goes down in the seventh inning as 7-3. The Kansas City Royals wind up being able to get it done. Salvador Perez, he winds up hitting a line drive homer, his 15th home run season. That one got Alex Cora toss, and then earlier in the game, MJ Melendez goes deep off the starter Nick Pavetta, 11th home run campaign as Pavetta lost three runs over the course of five innings, including that homer. Matt Barnes comes in for a scoreless inning, and then with a rest of bullpen, the Boston Red Sox go with Darwinson Hernandez, and he allowed that homer to Perez. Four runs in total over the course of two innings, which pretty much doomed them, and for Boston, they go, go two of three with Ben in scoring position, getting two of their three runs in the first inning off of Chris with a K. Bubich, who settled down after that first inning, going six innings, giving up two runs. Taylor Clark gives up a run in an inning out of the bullpen before Scott Barlow and Dylan Coleman able to hold down the fort and for Boston 5-9 and nine since the all-star break for them. The Walker Texas Rangers wind up getting it done by a count of 3-2 in the MLB debut of one Cole Reagans and he certainly looked better than Regs. He's going from Regans to Riches. One unearned run given up over the course of five innings. Brock Burke from there gives you two scoreless innings. Matt Moore gives up a run in an inning before Jonathan Hernandez is able to get a scoreless inning for a save. And for the Chicago White Sox, Johnny Cueto winds up going eight innings, so he pretty much completed the game. Gave up 11 hits, so the White Sox clearly not trusting in the bullpen here as he winds up giving up three runs along the way. And for the White Sox, 0 of 6 with men in scoring position. That's a little bit of an issue. The Tampa Bay Rays go on the road and they take down the Detroit Tigers by kind of 6 to 2 as Jeffrey Springs. 
He sprung into action with 200 runs given up over the course of six innings. Colin Pooch, Brooks Raley, Ralph Garza Jr. all provide a scoreless inning from there. And Brandon Lau, he got loud. His eighth home run season. That winds up coming in off of Drew Hutchinson, who gives up four runs, two of which were earned over the course of his six innings. Alex Lang and Willie Peralta both give up a run in an inning before Wolves able to give a scoreless inning. The race for the American League Cy Young, it is starting to get a little bit more wide open and Chester Verlander looking to be a bust through the door. Six scoreless innings in a 6-0 win for Houston. He's now 15-3 after those six scoreless innings. Will Smith, Ryan Sanic, Phil Maton from there. I'll give you a scoreless inning in for the Houston Astros. Martin Baldonado and Chaz McCormick both wind up getting their 11th home run season. We were thinking Kirk McCarthy might wind up being the bulk guy or a starter. For the Cleveland Guardians on Friday, looks like that won't be the case as he came in in long relief. Three innings giving up two runs along the way, including those two homers. Zach Plesak did not last long in this game. Four runs surrendered in four and a third innings before Nick Sandlin and Brian Shaw combined for five scoreless innings out of the bullpen. The New York Metropolitans, they wind up taking two the Atlanta Braves. This by kind of six to four as... For the Braves, he did wind up having Ronald Acuna Jr. go deep for his ninth home run of the season. Flip side for the New York Mets, wound up having plenty of deep balls as Taylor Naquin, two homers, eighth and ninth home runs of the season. Daniel Vogelback is 14th, and Pete Alonso is 29th for Atlanta. Kyle Wright gives up all four of those homers, six runs in total over the course of six innings, and allowed three homers on the road all season prior to that. Tyler Madzik. Jackson Stevens, they both give you a scoreless setting. And for the Mets, Carlos Cookie Carrasco winds up giving up the home run to Ronald Acuna Jr. Three runs in total, give it up over the course of six innings before Adam Adovino gives up a run and an inning. And Edwin Diaz, a two-inning save to be able to close the door for the Mets. The Philadelphia Phillies, they wind up being able to win this game in what was called after pretty much five innings. Five to four, the final. And by the way, I don't think that first fives actually wind up cashing because... The game didn't wind up going a full five. This is going to depend from book to book, but certainly if you wind up having like full game totals, things of that nature, that wound up all getting refunded. Pretty much the only thing that wound up catching was the money line. So if you wind up taking the run line as well, that wound up being a refund, even though the game winds up landing five to four. But very strange circumstances. North or Syndergaard, Technically, winds up getting a complete game win for the Philadelphia Phillies, despite the fact that he gave up four runs over the course of five innings. And then for Paulo Espino, he winds up going four innings, giving up five runs. He gets a complete game loss as he wound up giving up a pair of bombs in this one, going deep for the Philadelphia Phillies. Reese Hoskins, 21st home run season, and Alec Bohm is eighth. I think that they just decided that they didn't want to play the rest of this because the Nationals are on 36 and 71, by far the worst record in the big league. So just give the Phillies a win there. Why not? Gotta give the W to the team that was the underdog in this one, though. The Padres, who overnight were right around $3 favorites, they wind up falling by kind of 7-3 to to the Colorado Rockies. Something else that we're going to talk to our good friend mid-major Matt, a.k.a. Matt Josephs, about is ways to reduce the juice on these $3 favorites because it's just not palatable. If you're laying $3 night in and night out, it's not going to be a good time for you, but for Colorado, Kyle Freeland, he had a good time giving up two runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings. He did have Daniel Pard give up a run in the ninth inning, but Alex Call made Lucas Gilbreth both deliver a scoreless inning. Carlos Cezavis able to get an out on the bullpen, and then you did wind up having Ryan McMahon wind up going yard in this one is ninth home run season. That comes off of Joe Musgrove, and Joe, boy, did he not make it go in this one. Six runs surrendered over the course of four and two-thirds innings. Zick Martinez, two and a third innings of scoreless relief, and then you did wind up having Taylor Scott give up a run in an inning, but damage had been done already. 
For Jansen Junk, he lived up to his name, giving up six runs while getting seven outs for the LA Angels as the Angels fall to the Oakland A's by a count of 8-7. to seven. And for the LA Angels, this is a bunch that at one point they were 27-17. and 17, And ever since then, they have lost 44 games and won 17. That's not a great stretch as Paul Blackburn, you figured there was going to be a regression from his ERA that was sub-2 on the road. Gives up four runs over the course of five innings and they were all solo home runs. Going deep for the LA Angels and they've lost the game with all these home runs, by the way. You wind up having Kurt Suzuki, the ancient Kurt Suzuki, get his third home run season. Taylor Ward, his 14th. Jared Walsh, his 14th home run season. Mickey Monick, his first in an LA Angels uniform. He wind up having Shoy Otani get home runs number 23 and 24. And Joe Adele. Sets fire to the rain. He winds up being able to get his fourth home run season. As from there, you did wind up having Sam Ball give up a solo home run in an inning. Kirby Snead give up a solo home run in an inning. Zach Jackson give up a solo home run in two-thirds of an inning with Danny Jimenez giving you a scoreless inning and A.J. Puck and out of the bullpen. So the A's allowed seven runs on seven home runs. You don't see that very often. And for Oakland, they got a pair of bombs of their own as Jansen Junk winds up giving one up to Seth Brown his 16th home run season. I'm sure it was on a junk pitch. And then for Ramon Laureano, he goes off of, yes, he's pitching for the Angels. Tuki Toussaint for his 12th home run of the season for Toussaint. Four and a third innings, giving up two runs. Walked five in the process. Jansen Junk, seven outs, gives up six runs. And then from there, you do have Ryan Tapera, Jesse Chavez, both give you a scoreless inning. And Andrew wants, well, he doesn't want this one back. He was able to get an out of the bullpen of his own. The Milwaukee Brewers as a sizable favorite. They wind up going down to the poopy Pittsburgh Pirates by kind of five to four for the second straight day. As for Milwaukee, you did wind up having a pair of home runs. Mark Brasso winds up getting his fifth home run season. And Victor Carantini is eighth. Those both come off of Zach Thompson, who is really been struggling, gives up a pair of bombs, three runs a total, of course, for four and a third innings. Bullpen was able to settle down from there. Dwayne Underwood Jr. and honor and run surrendered in the 10th inning. Colin Olderman, two scoreless innings. Yoan Ramirez, a scoreless inning. And, and Eric Stout be very stout, giving you five outs out of the bullpen. And for Pittsburgh, they go three of eight with men in scoring position as Brandon Woodruff gives up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of his six and a third innings. From there, Brian Boxberger, a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Hobie Milner, Devin Williams, both deliver a scoreless inning before Matt Bush. Trade acquisition for the Brewers. Gives up two runs, one of which was earned in a third of an inning in the 10th. So that was not so great. The San Francisco Giants have not been so great recently. They wind up getting just completely swept by the LA Dodgers. 5-3, the final in this one as for the LA Dodgers. Certainly has been a little bit of an up and down go for it for them. But they have won all but eight of their games by multiple runs. Pretty impressive when you consider they've got 72 of them overall in the season. But for the Dodgers... You have Trey Turner down for what? Get his 18th home run season. And Mookie Betts, he is the Betts around. His 25th home run season for Betts. His home run comes off of John Brebbia. Winds up along that's home run in a third of an inning. Jacob Junis, no length whatsoever delivered by him. Three runs in three and two-thirds innings. Did have Tyler Rogers, Charlene Garcia, Dominique Leon, Camilo Duvall. I'll give you a scoreless inning and then the other home run. Give it up by Junior Marte of the Marte Parte. Home run surrendered in an inning of work for him. And then for the San Francisco Giants, you do wind up having J.D. Davis get his fifth home run season. That comes off of Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw did not last long in this game either. Two runs, one of which was earned. Give it up in four innings. He was limited to 66 pitches. Very strange ordeal there. As Phil Bickford, along with Chris Martin, Caleb Ferguson, Alex Vasilla, I'll give you a scoreless inning. And guess who was the guy that wound up giving up the run out of the bullpen? 
you guessed it, Craig Kimbrell, but wasn't enough damage to wind up costing the team in this one, unlike some of his other circumstances. And if you're looking at a circumstance in Major League Baseball, it is that unders have been able to do a very solid job recently. Let's take a look at the last 30 days and what we've been able to get over there. And overall, Major League Baseball, it has been a little bit of an under binge, 183 unders, 170 overs, so 51.8% of games going under the total. And then the science fan, Underdogs are only hitting at 39%, but we're noticing that a lot of the bigger underdogs have been coming through favorites 222 and 142, and home favorites are 143 and 87 in this time span, but we have seen 45 instances in which the home favorite has not been able to cover the run line, and we have really been able to see that all season long. It's home favorites overall this season, 597 and 406 straight up, but home favorites have now failed to cover the run line in 188 different instances, and unders for the season, 774 of them compared to 725 overs. So that's where we're seeing Major League Baseball right now, and that's what we wound up getting in Major League Baseball on Thursday. Now let's turn it forward to Friday, and let's take a look at how the trade deadline has shaken up a little bit of the prop market as well. Get a bit of a take as to what we're going to be getting on Friday and so much more with our good friend, main major Matt, a.k.a. Matt Josephs. That's coming up on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Dave Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Decent Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by our guest as mid-major Matt, better known as Matt Joseph. He does an absolutely amazing job at taking a look at so many different betting markets. He's doing his previews over at Athlon Sports for the college football season, day in and day out. He does a great job hitting the MLB betting board, taking a look at things such as strikeout props, first threes, first fives. He'll take a couple full games as well, but does a great job being able to find a wide variety of ways to make money on the sport that we all know and love. And he also does a great job doing the show Border to Border over there at ESPN Richmond as well. For those of you guys that are in the eastern part of the country as well, and to be able to follow Mid-Major Matt on Twitter, he makes it very easy. At Mid-Major Matt altogether, and it is always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure to be on with you. Always good to be able to have this chat. And Matt, you're a man that I know that you eat, breathe, and bleed Philadelphia sports. And we did wind up seeing the Phillies wind up making some moves at the trade deadline. We're doing this right now as the Phillies and the Nationals are doing battle on Thursday. And right now, it's not necessarily going the way of North or Syndergaard. But I thought that they wanted making some relatively solid moves. And I do think that a lot of the teams that were not the LA Dodgers wound up making good moves at the trade deadline. The Brewers... My team, they wind up sitting on their hands, but the St. Louis Cardinals wanted bolstering their rotation, picking up Jose Quintana, picking up Jordan Montgomery. The Phillies wound up acquiring a little bit of bullpen help. You wind up seeing the Mets wind up before the deadline, wound up really wrapping up, being able to get someone like Daniel Fogel back in. I was very impressed by how many of the National League teams, I mean, even beyond the San Diego Padres, which we all know what they wound up doing, decided, you know what, we're going to go for it. Yeah, and it's funny because usually, you know, the Dodgers are the team that does stuff, and they were really quiet around the deadline for the most part. This is kind of, you look at last year, you know, the Braves made a couple of shrewd moves before the deadline, and those shrewd moves paid off. It got them a World Series championship. So, you know, any sort of little moves that you can make, and you mentioned the Phillies, I mean, getting a reliever, David Robertson, who's hoping to, you know, be better than he was the first time in Philadelphia when he went down with Tommy John surgery, and then getting Brandon Marsh, that was an interesting move considering he 
he's controllable for the next couple of years and can't really hit anything, but uh, he's a really good fielder. And then, you know, getting Syndergaard, who's not what he used to be, but he is still pretty good. It's sometimes moves like that that go under the radar that certainly help. Of course, it changes our handicap up a little bit for certain situations, but uh, it's always fun to see this little tiny shuffling of all the players in Major League Baseball. Yep, and I think that without question, the biggest move with regards to my handicap of teams has to be on the San Diego Padres. I mean, you wind up picking up on Soto, you wind up bringing up Randy Drury, you wind up getting Josh Hader as well, which if Josh Hader is fully right, that is massive for the Padres. If we wind up seeing the Josh Hader that we wind up seeing in July, eh, it might not be going so well there. But I do think that the biggest handicap move has to be on the San Diego Padres. But I mean, I just want to mention it with the Milwaukee Brewers. I've now got them behind the St. Louis Cardinals out there in the National League Central because I like what the Cardinals wind up doing. Year in and year out, you wind up seeing this Cardinals team in August and September make that push to be able to make the postseason. And I do think that it's interesting taking a look at these teams because obviously you've got to upgrade a few teams with some of the lesser teams that they wind up selling. You've got to downgrade some of them as well. Yeah, the Jordan Montgomery moves interesting because the Yankees love Jordan Montgomery, and I, I I didn't understand why they got rid of him. I know they have a couple of pick, pitchers and stuff like that, but I would have tried to have shopped Jamison Tyon instead of Jordan Montgomery. Getting a young left-handed starting pitcher like that, a guy that you know is going to give you five to six solid innings, and I'll be interested to see if the Cardinals kind of cap his innings like the Yankees did. I mean, quite often Montgomery, at least earlier in the season, was pulled you know five or six innings in, but only eighty pitches or so. Will the Cardinals let him go to 100? Will they let him go to 90 pitches or so? So that's kind of interesting. And of course, you know, Quintana is the perfect type of veteran that's going to go and help a team out. So to get those two type of guys and kind of bolster that rotation that, you know, Michaelis and Wainwright and the rest of those guys, Dakota Hudson's not very good. But yeah, those are two solid moves and it kind of helps them, especially with these short series. Remember, that first series is three games now. So you want three solid starting pitchers. And if you're the underdog, you ain't seeing home field. So you really need good pitchers who pitch well on the road, too. I completely agree with you there. And before you wind up getting to the postseason, we still got about two months or so left of the regular season to be played as well. As joining me on the podcast, we do have mid-major Matt, better known as Matt Joseph, does a tremendous job as a handicapper in college basketball, college football, MLB, list goes on and on. And you take a look at some of these moves and no doubt, you got to be upgrading teams like the Padres, teams like the Philadelphia Phillies that wind up buying at the deadline. But you just take a look at the betting board that we've been seeing the last few days. We've been seeing a lot of favorites of $3 or greater. And I think that these moves are just reactionary. I know that we wound up seeing this tweeted out by Jared Smith. And this was before the wrap-up of the trade deadline. But if you were betting on favorites of minus $3 or more, $100 on the money line in every one of them, you went 28 and 16 in those, but you were down over $700. Meanwhile, if you've been taking the money line of underdogs that are north of plus 200, and this is a few days ago, so this has actually went up with what we've been seeing with teams like the Rockies being able to get the job done on Thursday, you'd be up over $1,500 betting on the money line, $100 on all of these. And I do think that it is very important to just not be laying $3 with a lot of these favorites. And if you do like a favorite, because there certainly are circumstances where the minus $3 favorite, they're going to romp over the lesser team to be able to reduce the juice and find ways to do that. Because laying north of $3, is just not palatable and it's not going to pan out long-term, even with these teams that sold off pieces. 
Yeah, and you talk about it like with regards to looking at other markets. There are certain ways. If you think that a starting pitcher is rather bad, let's say, you know, there's a really bad starting pitcher going up against a really good offense, you know, there's ways to kind of fade the pitcher, maybe go take an over on his earn runs allowed, take a team total over, take a first five team total over. And these juices, they may still be a little bit higher, but that might be like minus 140, minus 150 instead of laying the minus 300s like you talk about. And I will never do it. I will never lay any sort of stuff. I will never ever recommend to anybody ever take that much. And I understand there's people out there who are like, but they're, they're guaranteed to win. Well, guess what? UMBC beat Virginia in a 116 game. So like guarantees don't always happen. So there are ways, especially in baseball, more than any other sport to kind of get around that. You could go and take the first five run line. You could go and take some other things, but trying to isolate the team as much as possible, that's going to help you out and not have you lay three bills on, on, on a team that may not even win. Even with the Dodgers, if you've been betting on them, if you've been taking the money line in all their games, you're making a little bit of money. But if you've taken the run line in their games, when you wind up having them lose as a minus 250 favorite, especially when they're at home, you know what? It's a little bit more than $100 if you're a $100 unit better betting to lay to win a unit. But at the same time, it's much more palatable to wind up losing on, say, a minus 125 to a minus 130 run line because all but, I believe, eight of the Dodgers' wins have come by two or more runs rather than if you're laying minus 250, if you're laying minus 260, being able to isolate those teams that are trustworthy on the run line. And for that matter, teams that are not trustworthy on the run line, I think is very important right now. And like you said, looking at player X to wind up recording a win, if you think that a starter is going to be going deep, I think that that is a good way to be able to do so as well, because there are times in which a favorite, they should be a very, very sizable favorite. And you've got a little bit of a team that they're coming in and not necessarily the world's greatest form. So you don't need to blindly take all these underdogs as well. Always do your handicapping research. But at the same time, laying $3, not something that I am ever going to recommend. But something that I do always recommend is people to follow you, Matt, because you do an amazing job when it comes to the strikeout prop market. And I do think that it's going to be interesting to take a look at it over the next few days because we've got a lot of new pitchers that are going to be making debuts. Someone like a Tyler Molly is going to be taking the bump for the Minnesota Twins on Friday. We wound up seeing it with Noah Thor Syndergaard taking the mound with the Philadelphia Phillies on Thursday. We're able to go down the list. Are there any guys that want to moving at the deadline that you think it might be a little bit more slash less favorable for them in terms of their strikeout props? Because I do think that it is interesting because we've seen teams out there in like the American Lake Central that they don't necessarily strike out a lot. So a guy like a Tyler Molly might wind up seeing his strikeout numbers dip just a tad. And it does wind up leading to just different circumstances for a lot of these pitchers. First off, I mean, it's got to be the Dodgers when Joey Gallo's in the lineup. And that's, oh, yeah. You know- Exactly. The Joey Gallo cycle is a strikeout, a walk, and a homer, it feels like. But often it's just pretty much the strikeouts. But yeah, I mean, the Dodgers had already been kind of a team that you look at for overs. But now when you know Joey Gallo's in the lineup, you really have to consider those unders and be like, look, am I going to go and figure out, well, let's see, you know, Gallo's going to probably bat three times. He's probably going to strike out twice. Some of the other guys, they strike out a bunch. You know, Eunice had five strikeouts and three and two thirds against the Dodgers. Cobb had eight. They struck out a lot outside of Logan Webb in that first game. 
game. So the Dodgers' outlook certainly changes. And I'll say this, one of the teams that's kind of certainly seen their outlook change a little bit is the Texas Rangers since the All-Star break. And that's, uh, you know, about, I'm looking here, about like 14, 15 games. They've only gone under their K-prop twice. So if you're looking at that, now we're going to see some inflated numbers. But when you see a guy like Kyle Bradish had five strikeouts, Jordan Lyles had seven, Spencer Watkins had five, Silseth had five. Like, you know, obviously you've talked to Ariel before, like with us charting these, you really notice how much the strikeout props are kind of contagious. The overs continue to happen when you're an under team, you're an over team that's really gets contagious. And so right now, Texas is on quite a streak here uh, that you could certainly look to capitalize uh, since the All-Star break. And how fitting that the Texas Rangers go up against Dylan Cease on Friday. Dylan Cease has been the master of the strikeout prop. Now, I recognize two starts ago didn't wind up necessarily being able to go over that strikeout prop, but you got a guy in Cease, a little bit over 12 strikeouts per nine innings. Guy has been a wizard. Big thing for him is being able to lend enough length because he does wind up getting into a little bit of issues when it comes to the walks. But I take a look at Dylan Cease, and it's going to be interesting to see where his strikeout prop winds up landing at for Friday because I mean, he has really seen these driven up. Spencer Strider is another guy that has seen his driven up. I'm sure that we're going to be seeing him over the weekend against the New York Mets as well. But those are two guys that I take a look at. Their strikeout props have been hitting like wildfire. These guys have been as steady as they come if you like strikeout props over. Yeah, so here's one of the things, and we've talked about this before. I never really like to play the top end of the market. Um, quite often, you know, they'll put up these high numbers. Corbin Burns, it's always eight and a half. Shohei Otani, it's always eight and a half. And they don't always go over. And, you know, people blindly bet the overs because they think the superstars always are going to get 10 strikeouts. And, you know, Otani had that stretch, I think, of three or four starts where he had double-digit strikeouts. So while you mentioned that, I mean, with the fact that the Texas Rangers are striking out a lot and Dylan Cease has had a lot of strikeouts, I'm thinking it's going to be seven and a half or eight and a half. And look, I'm not going to say take the under. I will never recommend something like that. But you look, you know, he had four against the Guardians. He had four against the Giants. You know, for the most part, he's been consistent there. But I really don't like playing the top end of the market. My sweet spot is the guys who are going to have three and a half strikeouts or four and a half strikeouts, or they're going to go up against certain teams. So I'm not telling anybody to take the under in Dylan Cease, but it's going to be a pretty high number, I'm guessing, when it comes out. Yeah, no doubt. It's certainly a case in which Dylan Cease has been incredible. And if you want me to be honest here, I do think that with a really good start, Dylan Cease could wind up being able to sneak his way back into that American League Cy Young conversation with the way that Jay McClanahan has had a couple of shaky starts. No doubt you've been seeing Justin Verlander look absolutely incredible as well. I would have Justin Verlander ahead of Dylan Cease as of right now, but I think that he's making himself a really nice case, buck 30 ERA on the road going into the start as well. But is there anything that you're currently targeting for a bet for Friday? Obviously, a little bit tough to tell right now. A lot of the player props, they do not wind up coming out until very, very late in the night slash early morning if you're out there on the East Coast. But anything that you're targeting or if you're looking at maybe more of a side slash show for Friday? So the two pitchers, I'll be interested to see what their numbers and stuff are. Cortez for the Yankees. There's some talk about him. They have an innings limit for him. Uh, there was talk about his last start. He only went like 80, 90 pitches. They took him out after five innings. He's the type of guy that you might want to start looking potentially at the unders for because if he only goes five innings, especially against going up against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals had a nice stretch of uh, unders, and they had traditionally been an under team so far this season. The one thing to consider when you look at that game, though, coming off a 
double header, you know, is everybody going to play tomorrow? Is, um, you know, after a double header, sometimes you see some of the guys sit that next game. So this is one of those games I would say, please go look at the lineup before you make any sort of decision. And honestly, one of my favorite pitchers, and you're probably going to laugh because he's not the greatest pitcher, but he's treated me really well, is Mitch Keller. And Mitch Keller has been a guy that the market has traditionally lowered his K prop a little bit too much. I've seen a lot of three and a halfs. I've seen a lot of four and a halfs. And the guy has strikeout stuff. And if I'm not taking the strikeout number, his outs prop has been very kind to me as well. And going up against Baltimore, a team that has been prone to striking out, I hate going up against Baltimore. And it's one of those things where I may live bet Baltimore late if they're losing because they seem to have that magic, it feels like. But Mitch Keller has been so good to me so far this season. I'll definitely be looking at him at either a strikeouts or an outs prop. You know how it is. I mean, there's going to be teams and there's going to be players that treat you really well and you just are continually seeing them really well and how they perform. Well, I do owe Mitch Keller any sort of a beverage if he ever comes out to Las Vegas because when the Dodgers were way north of a $3 favor with Uli Urias going, I want to take him in that one where the Pirates wound up being able to sweep the LA Dodgers and he wanted coming through for me there. A little bit of a rough July for our good friend Mitch Keller in terms of being able to get to the window, but certainly a guy that I've been taking a little bit of a look at as well. So I'm not going to be the one that laughs at you for that one. That is for sure. And Matt, I know that you do a great job of being able to do a deep dive on all things baseball. But on top of that, I know that you're getting set for what is going to be an incredible college football season. I know that you're taking a look at the Philadelphia Eagles for the upcoming NFL season doing everything possible to get set for the college basketball season as well. You do a great job of hitting so many markets, and it's always great to have you on this podcast as a result. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yes, at Matt on Twitter, and I always see when you get questions about other markets that you don't necessarily dip into, you could certainly ask, because as I always say, our goal is to beat the books. And then as you said, Athlon Sports has started to publish. I believe we're up to five or six conferences. I've done an opinion on every win total in college football. And then towards the end of the month, I will have every NFL team and certainly just an opinion. And maybe it's a no play or it's a lean, but um, I certainly give opinions and, you know, there's plenty of college football teams. I wish there was college basketball win totals. That would be fun. Of course, then I'd be really in trouble. We'd have no life because handicapping win totals for the Southland and the Sun Belt would take over everything. But yes, athlonsports.com. You can find my stuff there and my opinions on college football. And the trick with college basketball as well is that you do wind up seeing some unbalanced schedule with some of these teams. The Ivy League, they always play a couple fewer games than the rest of all of college basketball as well, but I agree. That would be a whole lot of fun. Maybe you just wind up limiting it to conference win totals, which I've actually seen that from time to time from places like Caesar. So hopefully we wind up getting a little bit of that. And Matt does a great job looking at just so many different markets. Always does a great job lending his insights on this podcast. It did so once again today. Big thanks to Major Matt for joining me right here on the Baseball Winning Show, now part of the VC Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of podcast. They can be fixing analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast 
is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? 
I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Houston Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get mid-major Matt, a.k.a. Matt Josephs, on the show, does an amazing job 
Taking a look at the game of baseball, being able to bet it in a wide variety of ways. Goes beyond just the base side, and Turtle does a great job taking a look at some player props, taking a look at some things in-game, first fives, first three. He's able to go down the list. Always great to be able to get his strikeout props as well, so always a pleasure whenever he's able to join this podcast. A big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do you note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore D1. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. Noticing that we've got a lot of games that are currently off the board, so that might cause for a little bit of difficulty. My apologies there, just a case in which with the trade deadline, a lot of teams wind up shaking things up, and as a result, we've got some TBD rotations moving forward, and that is involved with this first game of 901-902 on the betting board. The Miami Marlins on the road facing off against the Chicago Cubs. We know that it's going to be Justin as strong as steel going for the Cubs, to be determined is the starter for the Marlins, which is why this game is off the board. And I know that the Wrigley Field win winds up determining a lot of these totals. And as of right now, looks like it'll be blowing directionally right around 5 miles per hour. Should not wind up causing too much of an impact on this game either way. Obviously, things could change overnight, but right now not seeing a lot of win. But as of right now, I'm also seeing on Fangrass a projected starter of one Pablo Lopez. And if we wind up getting Lopez... Set the Cubs minus 134 on the money line. A total of 7.6 to where a 7.5 or less. I'd be looking at over 8 or higher to the under. If it winds up being a bullpen game for the Miami Marlins, this is probably going to downgrade them at least 30 cents, if not a little bit more, because, well, it's a Miami Marlins bullpen that now they wind up losing Anthony Bass from that bullpen, which means that you're going to be relying upon Richard Blyer quite a bit along Dylan Floral. Both of these guys been relatively okay. Stephen O'Kurt right around a 3 ERA. And for Pablo Lopez, if he does wind up getting this start in this spot, he's been able to do a rock-solid job this season. 341 ERA has seen a little bit of regression as things have went along this season as He's posted up a 5.11 ERA over his last five starts, but actually has a 3.05 ERA on the road, but not going to dive overly much into him because it's a little bit TBD at this point. But what we do know for Justin Steele of the Cubs is that he's been able to do a very solid job in Omi. 3.29 Omi ERA compared to a 4.71 ERA on the road. But the big thing for Justin Seal being able to reduce those walks as his walks per nine rate, a 4.2. He's only given up six home runs this season, including two bombs in 54 and two-thirds innings. And with the way that the wind is blowing, that shouldn't wind up going up too much more because this is a Miami Marlins lineup that right now it is absolutely putrid with having Jazz Shizlum along with Ore Soler on the injured list. These two guys have been able to give you a combined 27 home runs. That really winds up putting the scene behind the eight ball. You do have Joy Wendell's been able to hit right around a 270 for the team along with Luke Williams, but and Garrett Cooper is currently on the injured list. You've seen AC Aguiar be able to hit about a 243 with 13 home runs for this bunch, but so many guys like Brian De La Cruz. Asu Sanchez, Jacob Sollings, Luan Garcia hitting a 210 or lower. It's been pretty deplorable. And for the Cubs, this team is still fighting. You saw Wilson Contreras, a very, very proud gentleman who's been able to get the team a double-digit amount of homers north of a 350 on base. He, along C.A. Suzuki, both hitting about a 255 overall in terms of average. But you got P.J. Higgins. He's been able to get the team a 285 average. He's been able to do a solid job behind the dish. Nico Horner is hitting nearly a 300. Christopher Morrell has been able to move the line. Patrick Wisdom on pace for 
200 strikeouts, but it's been able to give you 19 home runs. Now, the one thing with the Cubs is that their bullpen is a little bit depleted after the trade deadline. They did wind up having to sell off a couple pieces like David Robertson and Scott Efferts, a company, but you saw some relatively solid guys out there. Anderson Espinosa has been able to be right around a 3 ERA along with Eric Uelman. The Cubs did wind up having a double dip yesterday that wound up hurting them. Fortunately for them, Mike Marcus Roma was able to give them a relatively solid game number one in which he was able to complete six and two-thirds innings, so that saved the bullpen quite a bit. So I did wind up saying the Cubs against Lopez right around a minus 134 favorite, seven and a half or less looking over, eight or higher to the under. If it's a bullpen game for the Marlins, you'd probably go to an eight or less I'd be looking at an over, and with the Cubs, I'd probably be upgrading them by at least 30 cents. 903-904 on the betting board. The Washington Nationals are on the road facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies. Kyle Gibson is going to be going for the Phillies, and Josiah Gray on the bump for Washington. Washington, a big underdog. Any war team, plus 190 and plus 185 between minus 210 and minus 225 your price on the Phillies with your total 8.5 over is any team minus 115 and minus 120 under is between even a minus 105 Phillies no question wind up being buyers at the deadline you wind up having a national team that was the sellers and for the Nationals, currently riding the worst record out there in the big leagues, but this is the spot in which I'm going to be willing to take a shot on the Nationals. I was willing to take anything north of a plus 155. Kyle Gibson has been struggling. Meanwhile, Josiah Gray has actually been able to do a really good job on the road. These are some of the more befuddling splits you're going to see out there, but with Josiah Gray overall for the season, he's 7-7 and with a 4.59 ERA, but you take a look at what he's been able to do on the road, and he's posted up a 5-0 record in 9 starts with a 2 45 ERA has allowed nine home runs and 51 in the third inning, so giving up the deep ball. But at home, 15 bobs and 50 and two thirds innings with a two and seven record at a 6.75 ERA. So his ERA drops by 4.3 points when he's on the road and opponents are a buck 87 off of him. Gray has really been at his best, and in two starts against the Philadelphia Phillies, he's given up two runs over the course of 12 innings. So he actually has a good track record of success. Meanwhile, you take a look at Kyle Gibson, and it's not been going so great for him. 450 home ERA, 473 ERA on the road, and for Kyle Gibson, he's given up right around 1.4 to 1.5 home runs per nine innings. He has had a few rough outings as he's given up five plus runs and now three out of his last five starts. That is not necessarily what you want to be finding. Actually going to be his first start of the season against the Washington Nationals, but for the Philadelphia Phillies, a team in which I'm actually still a little bit concerned about the bats with them because they saw Bryce Harper out of the fold on Kyle Schwarber. He's been able to give you over 30 home runs, but he's hitting a 200 in the leadoff spot. That's just unacceptable right there. You do have Alec Bohm. He's been able to have 295 and got a lot of guys. Nick Cassianos, Derek Hall, JT Riamito, Reese Hoskins, in between about a 250 to a 260, but I mean, other than Reese Hoskins and his 20 home runs, not a lot of guys doing a good job being able to put back to ball. They do wind up getting back Gene Segura, which winds up helping, but Brandon Marsh, he's not going to do anything for this outfield. While the Nationals do wind up trading away their two main mashers in Josh Bell, along with Juan Soto, Luis Garcia is someone that you'd like. He's been able to hit about a 290 for this bunch. Luke Voigt has a double-digit amount of homers as well with the Nationals. They do rank dead last in the National League in terms of home runs on a per-game basis, but Josh Palacios is someone I think is going to be able to help things out. He's able to get on base. Lane Thomas is able to give you some deep balls as well, and over the last 50 or so days, the Washington Nationals have actually been respectable out there in the bullpen. League average in terms of their ERA. Carl Edwards Jr., Kyle Finnegan, sub-3-5 ERAs. Hunter Harvey has been able to give you an ERA right around at 285. Been able to get some good innings recently out of even someone like a Victor Arano who's been a little bit erratic this season, and for the Phillies, this is a very good bullpen. David Robertson has been able to come in and hold down the fort ever since he 
Siwan coming over from Chicago, Brad Hanthor, Anthony Dominguez. Both of these guys are able to give you some good innings. I like what I'm seeing out of Corey Knable as well when he's been in the seventh inning. So it is a relatively solid bullpen, but I do think that Josiah Gray going to be doing for a little bit of regression on the road. That demonstrative of a split is just insane. And for Kyle Gibson, he just hasn't been good. And for the Washington Nationals, you can talk about the organization tanking. Those guys out there on the field, like a Yadiel Hernandez who's hitting a 270, trust me, he is playing for his new contract. He is going to give it his all. And I do think that the Nationals are going to be able to get some runs here. So I might total at an 8.8 with the way that Kyle Gibson has been pitching. So looking at an 8.5 over, I think North of plus 155. I want to take a shot on the Nats as well. So looking Nats and looking over. 905-906 on the betting board. It is the Atlanta Braves on the road facing up against the New York Mets. We're going to make this a DK Nation pick as Taiwan Walker is going to be going for the Mets. And Ian Anderson is on the bump for the Atlanta Braves. 8.5 is your total over and under both at minus 110. With the Metropolitans, it's between minus 120 minus 125. Plus 105 and plus 113 is your price on Atlanta. I wound up saying the Mets at a minus 142. So we are going to make the Mets money line the DK Nation pick. Taiwan Walker has been absolutely lights out for the New York Mets this season. You take a look at what the team has been able to do when he's been pitching as well. All of a sudden, they have been able to run off a bunch of wins whenever he has been out there. They are now 7-2 and two in his last nine starts. And in that time span, three runs or fewer allowed in all nine of those starts. And as a matter of fact, he has allowed three runs or fewer in now 14 out of his last 15 starts. Walker's doing a tremendous job of keeping the ball in the yard. Seven bombs allowed in under three and a third innings, two home runs in 42 innings at home and at home. Buck 93 ERA with opponents taking a 205 off of him. Tyler Walker fewer swings and misses this season. He's only getting right around seven punch outs per nine innings and then you take a look at the flip side for Ian Anderson. A grody 499 ERA. He did wind up having a little bit of a better month of July as he wound up allowing two runs or fewer in four out of his five starts but certainly a guy that has been a little bit all over the place and you take a look what Ian Anderson is doing on the road a little bit better than at home. 442 road ERA compared to a 563 ERA at home but he's not going to be able to deliver a lot of length because he's given up right in the neighborhood about four 4.3 walks per nine innings. He's kept the ball in the yard, giving up one home run per nine innings as well. But his swing and miss stuff right around eight strikeouts per nine innings, that's a little bit down from what we've seen in the past. So I do think that that's going to be a big issue. Now, Mets hitters, the guys that are going to be expected to be in the starting lineup, they have not had a great track record of success against Ian Anderson. Inning as a collective about a buck seventy-one, but I mean this is a completely different Ian Anderson than what we've seen in the past. And for the Atlanta Braves, you do have the boom squad with this team. Austin Riley has been absolutely amazing this season, hitting for right around a 300. He entered into yesterday with 29 home runs in over the last 30 days, hitting a 417 with getting a home run every about 11 or so at bats. That's just absolutely incredible. They're kicking the tires on Eddie Rosario. Once again, he's been banged up for much of the season, but Dancy Swanson, 15-plus home runs. He's hitting a 300. You've been able to have Travis Sayarno, Orlando Arcia, Ronald Acuna Jr. I'll be able to move the line, get on base. You've got Marcelo Zuna giving you right around 18 to 19 home runs. It's a fearsome lineup, but for the Mets, they've got a fearsome lineup of their own. Ever since Starling Marte of the Marte Parte has come back, it's been big as he, along Jeff McNeil, hitting a 300. Daniel Vogelback, ever since getting to the Mets, has been solid. He wound up having home run towards the back half of that series against the Washington Nationals and going into yesterday. The Mets have lost just one game ever since acquiring Daniel Vogelback. You've got Pete Alonso, who's been able to give the team a league-high 89 RBI. He's been able to go deep north of 25 times this season for 
for the Mets. They're both been not quite as great as that of the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves, they do have A.J. Minter. They're going to look to pretty much rehabilitate the career of Rossi Iglesias, who's got some very nasty stuff. Dylan Lee has been able to do a solid job with a sub-2 ERA of his own, but you do have a Mets bullpen that has the most dominant closer out there in the big leagues, Edwin Diaz, who has been automatic this season. Adam Onofino has been able to give you some relatively solid innings as well. Michael Givens did not wind up having a good series against Washington Nationals, but Tommy Hunter has actually been able to give you right around a 2-2 ERA as well. I'm going to stick my chips in the basket of Tywin Walker. I think that he's going to see a little bit of regression with the balls in play, but at the same time, Ian Anderson's lack of command, that is going to come back to hurt him. DK Nation pick going to be on the Mets on the money line. Set my total at an 8.7 as well, so looking over to go along with the Metropolitans. 907, 908 on the bang board. The Cincinnati Reds, yes, we are on the Cincinnati, and they're under the road to face off against the Milwaukee Brewers as Eric Lauer is going to be going for the crew, and Robert Duggar is on the bump for the Reds. The Reds are an underdog between plus 170 and plus 175, minus 190 to minus $2 your price on Milwaukee. Nine is your total, over is minus 115, the under is minus 105. I do mind saying the Milwaukee Brewers as a minus 212 favorite on the money line. I'm really looking at the run line. Was willing to lay up to about a minus 110 with them. Right now finding it any between a minus 105 to as high as a plus 105 and certainly getting a plus price even in the minus 105. I'd be willing to take a shot here on Milwaukee. Big thing with the Reds is that they're averaging a little bit over five runs per game at home. On the road this fall, so right around three and a half. And Robert Duggar has seen some innings at the big league level over the last few years in general. He's pitched in 26 career games, 12 starts. It has never went well for him. He's got an ERA that is approaching seven. 1.7 home runs per nine innings, about 3.7 walks per nine innings. Wound up seeing a few innings at the big league level thus far this season. Nothing great, nothing terrible. Wound up going 12 innings, giving up six runs. So a very small sample size was able to get swings and misses. But also keep in mind that a lot of the innings that Robert Duggar has pitched this year at the big league level, they wound up coming against a very, very poopy Pittsburgh Pirates. But you do want to take a look at someone poopy. That would be Eric Lowry. It has certainly not been going his way thus far this season as he's posted up in ERA right around at 375. But recently, we have been seeing the coming of age of Mr. Eric Flower, giving up two earned runs or fewer and now four out of his last five starts. Now, he's also given up at least one home run in four out of his last five starts. So, and it's a little bit of an issue. And as a matter of fact, he's given up 12 bombs since the beginning of the month of June. But he has been able to shape up a little bit more as Lauer doing a good job of being able to get swings and misses this year. He's been able to generate a little bit over nine punch outs per nine innings. Deep ball's been hurting him, giving up right around 1.8 home runs per nine innings, but now with these Cincinnati Reds, they no longer wind up having Brendan Drury in the lineup. You have been able to see a guy in Joey Votto be able to step up a little bit, but Tommy Pham now out of the fold as well. You still have guys that are able to get on base. You take a look at what Jonathan India has been able to do over the last 30 days, and he has been able to really find it hitting a 292 in the span of the last 30 days. He, Kyle Farmer, they've been able to do a good job of being able to move the line, but now that you wind up having a lot of pieces sold off, it's not the same lineup. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, certainly you do have a little bit of something to be desired when it comes to the batting average of the team. Really the only guy that has seen north of 50 at-bats this season hanging above a 261. That'd be Mark Brasso, who wound up going yard yesterday, but you do have a pair of guys in Rowdy Tellas along with William Thomas. They'll be able to give you 21 home runs as far as this season. Andrew McCutcheon along with Colton Wong and Christian Yelich only between a 254 to a 261 Hunter Renfro. He's generating a home run every, I would say, about 14 or so at bats as well. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, bullpen has been a little bit shaky recently. Devin Williams wound up getting used up on back-to-back days, but someone like Brian Boxberger, who wound up throwing just five pitches yesterday, he should be able to come back. You aren't going to have to deal with Matt Bush, who has not been good ever since he wound up coming over to the Milwaukee Brewers, but... 
are likely to be looking at Taylor Rogers, who was the closer over with the San Diego Padres. He's probably going to wind up seeing some innings in this one as well. It's been a little bit shaky there, and you want a bullpen that's been shaky? This is at ID Breds. He only won in the big leagues with an ERA that is north of five, as you've got so many of these guys like Lewis Sessa, Buck Farmer, Ian Gabo, Revierson, Martin, Hunter, Strickland, Joel Kuno, all these guys with north of a five ERA. I do think that the Burst going to be able to win a relatively high-scoring game. I do think that Lauer is going to be giving up a little bit of the deep ball in this spot, but I think that Duggar is going to be giving it up as well. Set my total at a 9.2, so here in a 9, looking at the over, and I do think that the Brewers can win this game on multiple runs, was willing to lay a little bit of price on the run line, so looking at the crew, the run line of the crew more specifically to go along with that over. 909-910 on the betting board. The Arizona and the Diamondbacks, they're going to be playing against the Colorado Rockies. Herman Marquez is going to be going for the Rockies, and Madison Bumgarner is on the bump for Arizona. 8.5 is your total. Under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Same goes for the over, and with the D-backs, it is a minus 130 price, plus 120 is your number on the Colorado Rockies. I was willing to lay up to a minus 146 with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Madison Bumgarner, steady Eddie guy that has not been getting a lot of strikeouts this season, but has been able to perform his best at home, and you want a team that's never performing their best on the road, that'd be the Colorado Rockies. They currently have the worst road record in the big leagues. Now, for the Colorado Rockies, they looked a little bit better yesterday, to their credit, but this is still a bunch that entered into yesterday. 16-34 and 34 on the road, and for the years in the Diamondbacks, one of the top under teams in baseball when they've been at home thus far this season, and on that is probably because Madison Bumgarner at home thus far this season, 303 home year, compared to a 488 on the road. He's 1-7, by the way, when he winds up in the road, and for Mad Bum, he has had a little bit of a tough time giving up the deep ball, right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings, as I mentioned, strikeout numbers down to right around about 5.9 straight cuts per nine innings, but command has been there. Fewer than three walks per nine innings, and Irma Marquez, he has been able to do a better job recently. We've got to give a little bit of credit where credit is due for our good friend Irma Marquez. He has now given up two runs or fewer in three out of his last five starts, but with that said, you do take a look at Irma Marquez overall for the season, and this is still a man that in his 20 starts, he's given up at least three runs in 15 of them. He's been lit up for a 529 ERA. This is a gentleman that on the road thus far this season has a 420 ERA compared to a 611 home ERA, but still, his home runs per nine rate, that is hovering in the neighborhood about a 1.6. His walks per nine, that is a little bit north of three, and for this man, when he's one up against Arizona, in his two starts, it's actually been halfway decent, giving up six runs over the course of 13 innings, but he's also backed up by a bullpen that and it's in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of ERA, as you do have Daniel Bard, who's been able to do a nice job of be able to close out some games for this team. Sub-3 ERA over there, Alex Galme, he's been solid as well, but Galme wound up getting used up yesterday. Robert Stevenson has been posting up right around a 5 ERA. Carlos Aceves has been very much up and down, and the big thing for the Colorado Rockies is that they average right around 1.2 home runs per game at home on the road. This falls to right around 0.6. CJ Chrome, for example, 22 home runs this far this season, just six on the road. You got someone like Brandon Rogers. He's got 10 bombs. Just one of them has wound up coming on the road. And now you've got guys like Garrett Hampson, who just has never been able to find it. Eli Hirias Montero. These guys are hitting at 225 or lower. They're now getting at bats. That's not necessarily so great. And for the Arizona the Diamondbacks, you do have quite a few dead bats in this lineup as well. They are in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of batting average. But you do have a couple guys that have been able to do a nice job for this team. Keitel Marte of the Marte Parte, along with Alec Thomas. You're able to throw in there Jake McCarthy, only between about a 255 to a 265. Josh Ross hitting a little bit above a 265. Now, you do have Christian Walker, Jordan Luplo, 
Geraldo Perdomo and company hitting a 205 or lower, but for Walker, he's been able to supply the boom. He has went deep 25 times thus far this season out with Arizona. They have to rate around 1.4 home runs per game when they are on the road at home. This winds up falling to a little bit more like a .9, but bullpen actually has a few solid pieces. Joe Mantiply has been able to give you right around about a 3-ish ERA. Now, when you get to guys like Noe Ramirez, Mark Melanson, and company, it's not been so great, but Kyle Nelson, Buck 50-70 ERA, Ian Kennedy has been relatively solid as well, so you do have some good pieces out there with this Arizona Diamondbacks bullpen. Willing to lay up to a minus 146 in this spot, so I'm going to be willing to take the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think we're going to see another nice quality under here in Arizona as well, so my total at 8.3 Rockies, averaging fewer than 3.3 runs per game on the road, so looking at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Arizona Diamondbacks, 9-11-9-12 on the bang board, the LA Dodgers, they play OC, San Diego Padres. Sean Manet is going to be going for the pods, and Tony Gonsolin is going to be on the bump for the Dodgers. Dodgers are a minus 150 to a minus 155 favorite. Between plus 135 and plus 140, your price on the Padres. 8.5 is your total. Overs between minus 110 and minus 120. The unders any between even a minus 110. I think that we went a little bit too far here with the Dodgers. I was willing to lay up to a minus 135 with them, getting between a plus 135 to a plus 140. I'm in on the San Diego Padres, and I thought that they were badly overpriced in their series against the Colorado Rockies after the trade deadline moves were made because, I mean, it's a Padres team that I don't think that they're going to be a team that winds up being able to go to the World Series this year, even with all the moves that they've made, but I mean, now you've got Manny Machado, who he had a rough July hitting right around 212, but he's still been able to give the team 18 home runs at 370 on base. You pair him up with Juan Soto, 20 bombs worth of a 400 on base. You've got Josh Bell sitting at 300. Brian Jury has been able to give you 20 plus bombs, and this is all of a sudden a very formidable lineup with Hossam Kim really being able to pick it up with Mr. Kim. This is a guy that over the last three days is hitting above a 300, so credit where credit is due there with the Padres. They wind up being able to upgrade that bullpen. Josh Hader is going to be good to go at his peak. He is the top closer out there in the big leagues. Tim Hill, after a relatively rough start to the season, he's been able to do some very nice things out there in the bullpen. He is not allowed to run over the last three days, and that's a crowd set appearances, so that's been something about. Grisman is able to give you multiple innings now. With Sean Manea, he has been a little bit all over the place. He's got a 425 ERA. He has been giving up the deep ball as well. We've seen his velocity really just vary from start to start, right around 1.6 home runs per nine innings surrendered by him, but he's actually got a better road ERA rather than a home ERA, which is very strange because he pitches at Petco. Eight bombs surrendered in 58 and a third innings on the road with opponents sitting at 227 off of him, and his strikeouts per nine rate on the road is a little bit north of 10, and we've seen some regression here with Tony Gonsolin. He's given up at least three runs at each out of his last three starts. If you want to include the All-Star game each out of the last four, I don't get the All-Star game personally, but he's given up at least one home run in each out of his last five appearances, All-Star game included as well, so that is a bit of an issue for our good friend Mr. Gonsolin. He has been at his best at home, though. Buck 67 ERA in Dodger Stadium, 320 ERA on the road, but opponents hitting just a buck 47 off of him at home. There's going to be some positive progression with regards to this, and then when it comes to the LA Dodgers, you certainly have a fearsome lineup. Mookie Betts he has been incredible for this team all season long, hitting 25 home runs at the leadoff spot, hitting right around a 265, and then you've got on top of that Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner down for what? Gavin Lux, only above a 295, including Freeman, right around a 400 on base. He and Turner have been able to combine for 33 home runs. Will Smith is getting jiggy with 
with it. He's been able to give you right around a 355-ish on base. And then on top of that, you've got guys like a Justin Turner that when he's been out there because he's been banged up, he's been solid now. Need a little bit more out of Austin Barnes, Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger. These guys are in a 205 or lower. So it's been a little bit of an albatross and for the Dodgers. It's been really the unsung heroes of the bullpen that have really been able to slip up. Caleb Ferguson, Yancey Almonte, Evan Phillips, all of sub-2 ERAs. Meanwhile, other guys, like I'm looking at you, Craig Kimbrell, have not been too trustworthy for this team. So I do think that the Dodgers should be a little bit of a favorite, but I do fear that Gonsolin starting to regress a little bit more. I do think that Sean Medea going to be able to find it in this start as well. So I'm willing to take anything north of a plus-135 here on the Padres, and I did wind up saying my total a little bit higher as well with the way that the Padres wound up going out and getting pieces, and even without those pieces, they were averaging a little bit over five runs per game on the road as well, so semi-total in an 8.8 looking over and looking Padres. I'm 13, I'm 14 on the bang board. The Tampa Bay Rays hit the road to face off against the Detroit Tigers. Brian Garcia is going to be going for the Detroit Tigers, and Corey Kluber, the Klubot, is going to be going for Tampa Bay. The Tigers did not wind up settling on a starter until late in the day on Thursday. This game is currently off the board, and with Mr. Garcia wound up making a start of three and two-thirds innings against the Toronto Blue Jays for his first career start uh, about a week or so ago. This is someone that's been primarily used out of the bullpen. If you wind up getting more than four innings out of Brian Garcia, you gotta consider it to be a little bit of extra credit. And Garcia relatively solid in short bursts at the minor league level, and when he's been up at the big league level as well, has been a quality reliever. Not a guy that is going to go out there and is going to be able to pitch a no-hit or anything like that, but you know what? He'll be able to hold down the fort, and for the Detroit Tigers, this is still a team that they rank in the top five in terms of their bullpen ERA. They do mind selling off a few pieces at the deadline, but you still have Jose Cicerno, Willie Peralta, Josh Foley, Andrew Chafin, Joey Menez, Angel De Asus, all these guys posting up a sub-3 ERA. Will Vess, Andrew Lang, Gregory Soto. These guys are able to do a solid job as well. So, Tigers, no shortage of bullpen pieces. The Tampa Bay Rays, they've been without J.P. Fireisen for much of the season, but Jason Adam, he's posting up a sub buck 50 ERA. They've got Pete Fairbanks, Beck Fold, Ryan Thompson, Brooks Raley. These guys have been very solid recently for this bunch as well. Big key for the Tampa Bay Rays, being able to get a little bit of power going. Isaac Paredes with 15 home runs was really leading the way going into the series as... We've got Jose Siri currently hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. I know that there's a little bit more in him, but I mean, he, Paredes, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, Taylor Walls, really the entirety of the catcher spot, aside from Christian Bethencourt, who they wanted training for, only a 220 or lower, but Brandon Lyle, since coming off of the injured list, he's been hitting north of 250. G-Man Choi, Randy Rosarena, they right around 255 with Choi, 350 on base, the 400 on base, but you don't have a lot of home run power when it comes to Rays, but speaking of a lack of home run power, the Detroit Tigers, as a collective, they've got fewer home runs right now than Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo, two guys of the New York Yankees, so that is far from terrific entering into what we wound up seeing on Thursday for the Detroit Tigers, all of these guys, and I just love going down this list, hitting a 221 or lower, as he traded away Robbie Grossman, the now sent to AAA, Spencer Torkelson, Jameer Candelario, Tucker Barnard, Jonathan Scope, Javi Baez, Akil Badu, Cody Clements, it is not going great. You know, Castro wound up having a 3-8 game to close out the series against the Minnesota Twins. Credit where credit is due there, but nobody on this team currently has more than 10 home runs and has been absolutely deplorable. Meanwhile, for the Tampa Bay Rays, I do think that they are going to be able to get a relatively good start here out of Corey Kluber. He has been tremendous with his command, giving up right around 1.4 walks per nine innings. Strikeout numbers aren't necessarily great. He is a little bit long in the tooth. 441 ERA on the road compared to a 370 at home has been able to do a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up a little bit less than home run 
per nine innings. A little bit more of a pitcher contact guy in the Tigers. They have not shown the ability to be able to make a lot of contact. This is a spot in which it's 7.5 or less on the total. I'd be looking at the over an 8 or higher. I would be taking a look at an under. I wound up saying the Rays minus 177 on the money line. One way up to a minus 108 on a run and a half on the run line. 9.15, 9.16 on the betting board. It is the Houston Astros on the road facing off against the Cleveland Guardians. From Valdez is going to be going for the Houston Astros, and it's going to be the MLB debut of Hunter Gaddis for the Cleveland Guardians. This is a game that is presently off the board because, well, we were thinking that we were going to get Kurt McCarty, but instead he wanted coming in in long relief yesterday. And right now we are seeing a number up at Circa. They are the only place that has a number from Valdez and company for the Astros. Minus 190 favorites, plus 172 on Cleveland with a total of 8.5 over. It's minus 115. The under is minus 105. I'll just give you the run line right away. Houston is a minus 122 favorite on the run line. And quite frankly, I wound up saying this minus 150. 51 on the run line of the Houston Astros and made them a minus 242 money line favorite. So I am all aboard Houston with Gaddis. He is getting the call up to the big leagues despite the fact that he hasn't been so great at the minor league level thus far this season. Three plus runs surrendered in four out of his last six starts at the minor league level. He's made two starts at the AAA level, and all the rest of them have come at AA Akron, where he had a 424 ERA. Now, good swing and miss stuff overall this season at the minor league level, right around 12 punch shots per nine innings, but also 3.2 walks per nine, 1.3 homers per nine innings, and I mean, this is a guy that last season, while he was at high A baseball, wound up posting up a 4-11 record with a ERA of a 4-1-6. I just do not understand why he's getting the start in the spot. I mean, quite frankly, the Guardians might have absolutely nobody else but I think that the bullpen is going to be up and very active for the Guardians as James Karinczak is someone that has come off the injury list. He's looked relatively solid. If you're able to get the ball to Emmanuel Class A, he's a lights-out closer, but I don't think that the Cleveland Guardians are going to be able to do that. But you still have Trevor Steven, who's been able to do a relatively solid job out there in the bullpen. They did wind up having to use up Nick Sandlin yesterday, but this is the Guardians team that they just have not been able to really go yard this season at home. Overall, 48 games at home for the Cleveland Guardians, 30 home runs. That is the fewest home runs per game of really any team out there in the big leagues at home, and that includes the Detroit Tigers. So you've got guys that are able to get on base. Josh Naylor, Jose Ramirez, Oscar Gonzalez, Andres Jimenez, Stephen Kwan, all these guys, and at least a 273 for this team. Jose Ramirez has been really the master of 21 home runs, 86 RBI, but for Houston, the lone issue that this team was having towards the beginning part of the season was a, the catcher spot was not hitting well. Martin Maldonado goes out and winds up hitting a home run yesterday, and now they wind up picking up Christian Vasquez, who's made with about a 280 for the season. He and Jose Altuve are in that fold, and for Jose Altuve, he, along Kyle Tucker, have both been able to give the team 19 home runs, got a lot of guys like Alex Bregman, Ella Mendy Ciaz, Jeremy Pena, all in between about a 245 to a 255 Yuli Gurriel. He's picked up his average to a 245, and for Diaz, he's hitting over a 300 over the last 30 days, so he's been able to do a nice job, and for Houston, number one team in terms of bullpen area in the big leagues. He did have Ryan Santa come into the game yesterday, but he only wound up throwing 11 pitches as he... Rafael Montero, Seth Martinez have all been able to provide a 225 ERA or better. Ryan Presley has been lights out for this team as well. And for Cleveland, you got to figure that Eli Morgan along Sam Antich's failed starters are probably going to be trying to come in. Help out Mr. Gaddis. And for Framber Valdez, walks have been a little bit of an issue for him, but he's got a 203 ERA on the road compared to an ERA that winds up getting up close to four at home. So he's been able to do his best work on the road overall this season has been 
giving up just 0.4 home runs per nine innings among qualifying starters out there in the American League. That is the fewest home runs given up. He has been giving up right around 3.1 walks per nine innings, but has really been able to shape up with that regard as well. So I got the Astros a very hefty favorite here at a minus 242, minus 151 on the run line. Do mind saying my toilet at 8.2 because the Guardians have had an issue all season long being able to go deep at home. So looking at this total under at an 8.5, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Astros on the run line. 917 on the board the Texas Rangers they play us to the Chicago White Sox as you've got our good friend Glenn Otto going for the Rangers and Dylan Cease and Deceased is going to be on the bump for the White Sox White Sox between a minus 160 to a minus 170 favorite and between plus 140 and plus 155 your price on Texas eight is your total over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 the under is anywhere between even money and minus 105 and when it comes to the White Sox one lay up to a minus 172 in terms of the money line. The question becomes, what is the run line at? Currently, you're finding it right around even money in a lot of spots. And with the White Sox, I was willing to lay up to a minus 110. With the run line, I'm going to be looking to reduce the juice because Dylan Cease has been absolute magic on the road thus far this season. Now, he is managed by a complete and utter buffoon that is a fossil that belongs at a nursing home right now. I'm just calling it like it is. I am sorry, but you do take a look at Dylan Cease and in the way that that this guy is pitching is masking the stench that is coming from the dugout right now. Buck 30 road ERA in nine starts. He has been allowing opponents to hit just a 215 off of him, allowing two home runs in 48 and a third innings away from Chicago. Now, the one thing that comes with Dylan Cease's strikeouts because he gets north of 12 punchouts per nine innings is the fact that he has given up quite a few walks. His walks per nine rate that is hovering right in the neighborhood of about four. So you do have to take note of that. But you know, else has given up a lot of walks. Glenn Otto is giving up north of four and a half walks per nine innings, and he's been getting completely tattooed recently, giving up at least four runs in each out of his last four starts, and he went up against the Mariners twice, the Ace, and the L Angels in that time span. Not necessarily great lineups, and he has given up now at least three runs in all but one of his last seven starts, 5.50 ERA, and at home, 7.39 ERA, giving up six bombs in 31 and two-thirds innings. This is a White Sox lineup that they have not been able to generate the deep ball all season long. As a matter of fact, this is a team that they rank in the bottom five in the big leagues in terms of home runs, but Jose Abreu has been able to find it. He's saying north of a 314 home runs entering into yesterday. Andrew Vaughn, Luis Robert, along with Tim Anderson, they've all been able to hit at least a 295 for the team. And Robert coming into the fold yesterday, that's big Eloy Jimenez. His batting average is up to a 290 since he's come off the injured list. He has been tremendous out. He has Bonnie Grandal, Yohan Moncada. Guys have been banged up this season. They need to pick it up a little bit. And for Texas, this is a bunch that they do a good job with balance power as well. It's Jonah Heim, Nate Lowe, Marcus Simeon, all between 13 and 15 home runs this season as low. He's been able to about a 280 for this bunch. Corey Seager, 250 average, 24 bombs, 8 at least. Garcia, 245 average, 18 bombs, 15 stolen bases. So these guys have been able to do their job. And Leody Tavares, sitting north of 300. Big thing for the Texas Rangers team is that the bullpen has really regressed. Garrett Richards along Dennis Santana after relatively solid starts to the season. They have just went completely down the toilet bowl. As both of these guys have ERAs north of a 10 over the last 40 days. So that's not great. Bach Burke along with Matt Moore. Both of these guys have been able to register a sub-2 ERA. So they've been very good for this bullpen. But ever since Joe Barlow's went down, not necessarily so great. We've seen a little bit of regression as well out of Jose Leclerc. And for the White Sox, losing Ronaldo Lopez to the injured list. That has hurt them a little bit. Joe Kelly has been absolutely terrible for the team north of a 5 ERA. Matt Foster north of a 4 ERA. Jake Diekman is not the 
answer for this team, but you still have Liam Hendricks along Kendall Graben. Both of these guys have been solid. And Jimmy Lambert coming out of the bullpen. This guy has been a very much an unsung hero. He's got right around a two ERA this season. Was a failure of a starter, but in his last 10 appearances out of the bullpen, has not allowed a single run. So he's been able to do a solid job there. I do think that the White Sox should be able to get the job done in this spot. Still in sees Should be able to strike out a lot of Rangers in this one. Did wind up setting my total at a 7.8 to go along with a Bryce, I'm willing to lay on the White Sox run line. So here at an 8, I'm going to be taking a look at the under, and I'm going to be willing to lay a small price on the White Sox run line. 919-920 on the betting board. The Boston Red Sox at the road face-off against the Kansas City Royals. Zach Greinke is going to be going for the Royals, and Josh Winkowski is going to be going for the Red Sox. This is a game that is presently off the board. Red Sox wound up announcing that Winkowski would start just before first pitch of their game against the Kansas City Royals last night, which is why this game is off the board. But in the case of Mr. Winkowski against Zach Greinke, I did wind up saying the Red Sox a minus one. 49 favorite. We need at least a plus 115 to take a shot on the run line. I made my total at an 8.7, where it ain't half or less. I'm going to be taking a look at an over, a 9 or higher. I would be taking a look at an under, and the big reason why I'm willing to stick my faith in the Boston Red Sox is that the lineup is back at relatively full force because you've got their main masher in Rafael Devers, who is now back for this bunch, who has been able to give the team north of 20 home runs, hitting above a 300. And then on top of that, while the team did wind up trading away Christian Vasquez, they did wind up getting Tommy Pham, who's been able to supply a double-digit amount of homers, which is big, because other than Bobby Dahlbeck, you really don't have anyone other than Devers, who's been able to give this team a double-digit bo- amount of bombs, because Trevor Story has been on the injured list. You still have J.D. Martinez, who's been able to about a 285 for this team, and then been able to get a little bit at the top as well, with Jalen Davis coming over and actually being very solid for this Red Sox team. Now, with the Red Sox, you do fear their bullpen over the last 45 days. Worst bullpen ERA in the American League, as they did wind up trading away Jake Diekman at the trade deadline at Akaza Satomora, and seen some regression even with John Schreiber still posting up his sub-2 ERA. Satomora has been one of their more reliable guys, so the fact that over the last three days, he has been posting up an ERA that has been hovering in the neighborhood of about a... 550. That is not necessarily too terrific, but I believe I have Tanner up. Do a nice job. And then on the flip side for the Royals, you have the worst bullpen ERA in the American League as Merrick Garrett has had north of a 5 ERA all season long. Taylor Clark has actually really been able to pick it up. He and Joel Payams overall for the season, sub 350 ERAs. Payams has been regressing a little bit. We've seen Clark progressing a bit. Scott Barlow has been able to give you some relatively solid innings as well, but they've been dealing with a lot of injuries as well. So Wyatt Mills has been relied upon for more innings. He's posting up right around a 565 ERA. Kicking the tires on Luke Weaver, but you do take a look at this Royals lineup, and you did wind up having MJ Melendez go deep for his 11th home run of the season yesterday, but been a little bit of a rough go of it for some of these younger guys as you've got Salvador Perez, Vinny Pasquinto, Nick Prado, Nate Eaton, along with Melendez, all in a 230 or worse for the team. Bobby Wood Jr. has actually been very good for this bunch. He has been able to go deep 15 times. He's providing a batting average right around a 338 over the last three days, but Whit Merrifield wanted getting sold off as well. And for Josh Winkowski, this is a little bit of a revenge spot for him because he was the main piece of the Andrew Benintendi deal a few seasons ago. Now with Winkowski, certainly has had his ups and his downs with the Boston Red Sox, posting up a 5 ERA thus far this season. Big thing for him is keeping the ball in the yard. He's given up 1.4 home runs per 9 innings, but it's actually been significantly better on the road than at home. 312 road ERA, north of a 6 ERA at home with 6 out of his 7 bombs. Granted, in 27 two-thirds innings have come in Boston, so that's interesting to take a look at him for Zach Greinke. He has been terrific at home. He has been amazingly bad on the road. A buck 65 home ERA and a 7.16 ERA on the road. 11 of his 12 bombs have been given up when he has been on the road with opponents taking a 224 off of him at home. 
321 on the road. This is a split in which I think that he's going to do a little bit better on the road moving forward. I think that he's going to do a little bit worse at home moving forward. And I do think that the Red Sox, with being a little bit revamped in their lineup, they are going to be able to do a solid job of being able to get to him in the spot. So it is a situation which I do mind saying the Red Sox minus 149 on the money line. And with my 8.7, it is where in a half or less, I'd be looking at an over 9 or higher to the under 921-922 on the bang board. The Toronto Blue Jays are on the road facing off against the Minnesota Twins. Tyler Molly is going to be making his Twins debut, and Jose Barrios is going to be going for the Toronto Blue Jays. No numbers up on this game. We did not know if Molly was going to be starting or not until the evening time on Thursday, but this is a spot to where I do wind up setting Barrios a minus 112 favorite for the Blue Jays. Now, I do think that Molly is going to have quite a bit of success with the Minnesota Twins because he's someone that, if you take a look at what he's done over the last two seasons, home and road splits have been very demonstrative with Mr. Tyler Molly. His road ERA is in the neighborhood of about three on the road the last two seasons. His home ERA is a little bit north of five, and we have seen three-fourths of the home runs that he has surrendered since the beginning of the 2021 season come into today. This season, three home runs on the road, give it up in 40 innings. Opponents are buck eighty-nine off of him away from Cincinnati, two fifty-seven when he is at home. And for Molly, he's been able to get 10 strikeouts per nine innings. Also with Molly, he's had his command issues. He has been giving up right around 3.4 walks per nine innings. And for Jose Barrios, he has always been a guy that has pitched worse on the road rather than at home. But... I mean, Jose Barrios has always pitched well in his career when he's been in Minnesota, so that actually works out well because he was actually a Minnesota twin last season. So you're able to take a look at his home splits, and throughout his career, he's posted up a sub-3-5 ERA at home north of a 4 when he's been on the road. So that actually works to his advantage here. Now, the big thing for Barrios is he has been giving up right around 1.9 home runs per 9 innings. But once again, Minnesota, a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark. That should be able to help him out a little bit in for Minnesota. You've got tank shots coming from Byron Bucks, and he has been amazing. Being a late 26 home runs this season, but he's only hitting about a 220. You do have quite a few twins that have been able to do a good job of being able to move the line and get on base. Carlos Correa, Nick Gordon, Jose Miranda, Gilberto Cicino, all these guys hitting between about a 265 to 275, and then Luis Arias, 400 on base, 330 batting average. You do have Ode Palanco who's been able to give you 14 home runs, but really, aside from Buxton, you don't have anyone that's giving you north of 14, 15 home runs, and for the Toronto Blue Jays, this is a very fierce lineup. The Whip Merrifield deal I don't think want to making a lot of sense. He's been having a little bit of a down year, but you know who's really been picking up recently? Matt Chapman. Going into yesterday in the last 30 days, he's been getting a home run every about nine at-bats, hitting a 350. This is something I did not mind him seeing coming, and he has been able to do an amazing job. And then on top of that, you've got George Springer along with Bo Bichette. Both of these guys hitting between about a 250 to 255 and a air course here. Down here for Bichette with only 14 home runs. Springer has been able to go deep 18 times. Swagger so Jr. north of 20 bombs. He's got a 360 on base end. With the Toronto Blue Jays under the radar, this bullpen has been in the top 12 of the big leagues over the last three days in terms of their bullpen ERA. Anthony Bass winds up coming over at the trade deadline. Yumi Garcia, Adam Simber, Tim Meza, David Phelps. All these guys are posting up sub-3-3 three, three ERAs. And Jordan Romano, not a guy that's going to blow you away, but he's been able to give the team 25 saves thus far this season. For the Minnesota Twins, got quite a few guys who have been able to do a solid job in long relief. Griffin Jacks has been seeing a little bit of an uptick with regards to his ERA, but got a lot of guys like a Yoan Duran, Giovanni Morin, who have been able to provide sub-2-5 ERAs. Jarrell Cotton has been able to give you more around a 285 
Anyway, so bullpen has been relatively solid for this Twins team. I do think that Barrios is actually going to be feeling right at home in Minnesota, though. So I do wind up giving Barrios a little bit of an edge here while the Twins batters are going to have a little bit of an edge on him because they have a little bit of familiarity. It is still a little bit of a new-look lineup as well. So willing to set the Blue Jays. Minus 112 on the money line. Made my total 8.8 to wear an 8.5 or less. Looking over 9 or higher to the under. As we go 923-924 on the betting board, it is the LA Angels. They are on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Seattle Mariners. Robbie Ray is going to be going for the M's, and you've got Patrick Sandoval on the bump for the Angels. Angels are a sizable underdog, anywhere between plus 175 and plus 185. Meanwhile, with the M's, it's anywhere between minus 195 and minus 215. 6.5 to 7 is your total on the 7. The under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. Over is between minus 105 and plus 105. If you're finding a 6.5 out there, over is minus 125, and the under is plus 105. I did wind up saying my total is 7.5. I do think that we went a little bit too low in this spot. I'm going to be taking a look at the over with the Seattle Manors. It has been a little bit tough for them with Julio Rodriguez currently being on the injured list, but without him, they wound up putting up a combined 15 runs in their final two games of the series against the New York Yankees. So that's a very good sign as you've got Eugenio Suarez, 333 on base, 18 home runs, really being able to carry the mail for this team. Now, when it comes to the Seattle bunch, you do have quite a few guys that and call what it is, they need to pick it up with their batting average. Lewis Torrance and Cal Raleigh at the catcher's spot, Carlos Santana, Abraham Toro, you're able to throw in there Dylan Moore as well. All these guys hang a 210 or lower. Jesse Winker, it's been a touch and go season for him. He does have right around a 325 on base. Things have been a little bit grody for him. He's been able to do a little bit better since that brawl than he wound up having against the LA Angels, but still has been rather unacceptable. And then Adam Frazier was very much a cast off for this Mariners team at the beginning of the season, but over the last 30 days, is hitting a 355. So he's been able to come along in tie France. He's been able to give you a 380 on base with a double digit amount of bombs all season long. For Patrick Sandoval, he's just been a tough luck loser this year. The LA Angels have not been able to win. Quite frankly, when anyone winds up taking them out for them, but they are 1-9 and nine in his last 10 starts. A lone win came on the road against the Seattle Mariners in extra innings. That was a game in which was started on the flip side for Chris Flexen, but and with the LA Angels, they don't have as much firepower as they wound up having on that day as currently you still got Mike Trout out of the fold. Taylor Ward, he has just not been the same guy since coming off the injured list for this Angels bump. Should you take a look at him over the last three days? He's hitting a buck 85. That is not too terrific, Jared Walsh. He's been with about a 230. He's been able to deliver the team 13 home runs thus far this season. Actually, 14 home runs, but he's hitting a buck 54 over the last three days. Shoy Otani continues to be Shoy Otani. And a 260, 24 home runs. He's been able to do his part, but I mean, really past that, you have got Luis Renifo. He's hitting right around at 275 for this team, but then you take a look at. Max Stassi, you're able to throw in there Kurt Suzuki, whenever he's been out there, someone like a Mangolia Sierra, Andrew Velasquez, all these guys hitting a 220 or lower. And for the Angels, they blinded trading away Rossi Iglesias at the trade deadline, Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, these guys have been a hot mess all season long. Jimmy Ergut, he's got a sub 3 5 ERA, he's able to give you multiple innings. Jose Quijada has actually not been terrible out there in the bullpen with right around a 3-1-5 area of his own, but that is ballooned to right around a 5 over the course of the last 30 days as well. And for the Seattle Manors, over the last 40 days, this team has been in the top 3 in terms of their bullpen area. I mean, Diego Cassie on the injured list, that does wind up hurting them a little bit, but Eric Swanson has been able to give you a sub-2 ERA all season long. Pem Murphy has been a nice surprise in this bullpen as well as he and Paul Sewell. They're on the Ryan Baruki as well, all between a 2.35 and a 2.60 ERA. Matthew Fessa has been able to give the team some good innings. Matt Brash has resurfaced as a reliever. It's been able to do a solid job, but 
for Patrick Sandoval, who I was mentioning a little bit earlier, being a tough luck loser. The big thing for him, being able to lend some length because he's been able to do a nice job keeping the ball in the yard, giving up 0.4 home runs per nine innings, 9.7 punch outs per nine, but 4.1 walks per nine innings. As a result, he has went five innings or fewer in now three out of his last five starts, and this is an Angels bullpen that they need a little bit of length, and with Sandoval as well. We really saw him regress in the month of July, wanted giving up four-plus runs in three out of his last five starts, but with Sandoval as well, 392 road ERA compared to a 335 ERA at home, and then for Robbie Ray, he has been Mr. Fantastic at home. On the road, it's been a little bit tough, and for Robbie Ray, we're starting to see regression with him. He's given up a combined five homers and 13 runs over the course of his last three starts and those last three starts he didn't wind up being able to lend a lot of length as he wanted going 12 and a third innings but two of those starts were also against the Houston Astros 296 home ERA compared to a 550 ERA on the road the big thing with him is that he just always allows the deep ball even when he wound up winning the Cy Young Award last season he was he is giving up right around three walks per nine innings, so you do have a little bit of fear there. I do think that the Seattle Mariners should be a relatively sizable favorite. It's not the minus 196 on the money line. If you are taking a look at the run line right now, you're going to be finding that between a plus 115 to a plus 120. I'm going to take that plus price on the run line of the Mariners. I pretty much needed even money or better, so where I'm going to be nibbling is on the Mariners to be able to win by multiple runs with this bad Angels bullpen, and I'm going to be taking a look at the over 925-926 on the banging board. The Pittsburgh Pirates are on the road facing off against the Baltimore Orioles. Dean Kramer is going to be going for the Orioles and Mitch Keller is going to be on the bump for the Pirates. Pirates are anywhere between plus 140 and plus 150 underdogs. Meanwhile, with the Orioles, it's anywhere between minus 155 and minus 165. 8.5 is your total. Overs between minus 115 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even a minus 105. Seeing straight 9 out there on the 9. Under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. Set my total at 7.9. I'm going to be looking at another Baltimore Orioles under. I do realize that they wanted trading away Ore Lopez at the trade deadline from that bullpen, but still very much a locked and loaded bullpen as you've got CNO Perez. You're able to throw in there Felix Batista, Dylan Tate, and Keegan Aiken, all providing a sub 2.5 ERA. Joey Kreeble has been able to give you some solid innings as well, so I do have a lot of faith in these guys. And for Dean Kremer, he began his career with the Baltimore Orioles with the team going 3-15 and in his first 18 starts. Things have wound up turning around ever since then as the team is 6-3 and in his last nine starts. And for Kremer, he has seen some regression. Three-plus runs surrendered and now four out of his last five starts after he wound up having a stretch before then. We allowed approximately one earned run in his previous four starts, so we've seen the good and the bad, and for Kramer, 426 home yard compared to a 346 on the road. It's not a solid job, but we able to keep the ball in the yard. One home run per nine innings surrendered, only giving up right around 2.6 walks per nine innings. Problem is, Ben opponents are hanging right around 290 off of him. Been a little bit of bad luck for him. Meanwhile, for Mitch Keller, I know that we wound up having our good friend Matt Josephs speak relatively glowingly of him, and the big thing for Keller is being able to cut down on the walks. He's still giving out right around about 3.4 walks per nine innings. Has been solid on the road. Home and road splits, not too different. 430 home ERA, 444 ERA on the road. And with Keller, he's given up four home runs and 48 and two-thirds innings when he has been on the road. So he's been able to do a nice job there. And take a look at Keller over his last five starts, 261 ERA. He has given up four home runs and 31 innings in that time span. But once again, with the walks, six walks and 31 innings. That is what you like to see out of him. Problem is, the Pittsburgh Pirates, they really don't back him up with too much of a bullpen whatsoever, and it's been one that has been expended quite a bit. They wound up getting a 
Four out start from Tyler Beatty two days ago. Yesterday, the game wound up going into extra innings, so a lot of your more reliable guys have been used up quite a bit. Chase Young, Will Crow, both of these guys have been able to provide a sub-3-3 ERA. That's a little bit tough. You've got Colin Holderman, who winds up coming in from the Mets. That should be able to help them out. And Yuri De Los Santos has been able to give you some relatively solid innings, but when you wind up getting the guys like Manny Benuelos and Dwayne Underwood Jr., not too terrific there. And for the Baltimore Orioles, they do wind up selling off a few pieces at the trade deadline. They no longer have Trey Boom Boom Mancini, but you do take a look at this lineup, and you still have a lot of guys up and down the boulevard. They're able to get on maze for you as you got Cedric Mullins, Ryan McKenna, Ryan Moncastle, Adelie Rushman, Anthony Santander, and Austin the Sayers kid. All in between about a 250 to a 260 Santander, 19 home runs this season. Mountcastle and Hayes between 12 and 14. And then you do have Ore Mateo who's been able to give you 10 bombs. He's only a 216 for the season, but he, I believe, leads the American League in stolen bases. He does a great job with his wheels. Has been able to hit a 286 over the last 30 days. This guy has some very, very good attributes about him. And then when it comes to the Pittsburgh Pirates, you do have Brian Reynolds. He wound up having that walk-off former a few days ago against the Milwaukee Brewers. He's been able to do a nice job. Been able to hit right in the neighborhood about a 260 for this bunch, leading the way in terms of homers. You do have Ben Gamble, Cabrian Hayes, along with a little bit of a younger guy in Tropico Marciano, who have all been able to give you about a 315 to a 335 on base percentage, but Onyo Cruz, along with Gregory Allen, Yoshi Satsugo, Belay Madres, Cal Mitchell, pretty much the entire catcher spot aside from Jason DeLay. All these guys hitting a 220 or lower. That is a little bit of an issue when it comes to Pittsburgh Pirates. I do think the Baltimore going to be able to do a very good job of holding down this Pittsburgh Pirates team, and I do think the Keller going to be able to give you a relatively solid start, so I did mind saying my total at a 7.9. I'm going to be willing to take an under in this spot, and with the Orioles, they have been tremendous on the run line all season long. It's not the minus 184 on the money line, but seeing the run line between a plus 120 to a plus 130, I was willing to lay up to a minus 105, so along with the under, I'll be taking a look at the Baltimore Orioles, getting a plus price on that run line, and we're going to things up with 927, 928 on the main board. The New York Yankees are on the road facing off against the St. Louis Cardinals. As Dakota Hudson is going to be going for the cards, and Nestor Cortez is on the bump for the Yankees. Yankees are between minus 135 and minus 140 favorites. Meanwhile, with St. Louis, it's anywhere between plus 120 and plus 130. 8.5 is your total. Under is minus 115, and the over is minus 105. When it comes to the Yankees, I do want to make them a minus 148 favorite, so I'm going to be willing to lay this number. Nestor Cortez has not necessarily been the same on the road as he has been at home, but at the same time, he has still been relatively nasty as overall for the season. He's been able to get 9.5 strikeouts. For nine innings, and for Mr. Cortez, the big thing is being able to reduce the deep ball as for the season he has given up right around 1.15 home runs per nine innings. But on the road, it's still a 298 ERA. Ten of his 13 home runs have come on the road, but opponents overall hitting a 214 off of him. He's done a great job with the command, two walks per nine innings, and then he goes up against a guy in Dakota Hudson, who every time I watch him, I wonder how his ERA is not nine. This guy does not wind up getting strikeouts, as his strikeouts per nine rate is hovering in the neighborhood of five. His walks per nine rate is north of four, and yet somehow, some way, he weasels his way out of, like, bases loaded in seemingly every inning humanly possible, and he's got a 298 home area. He does a good job of being able to uh, get ground balls to his credit, which leads to double plays, but still, opponents, they're hitting right in the neighborhood about a 256 off of him. He's got a 410 ERA overall for the season. I think that this is going to go northward against a New York Yankees team that you've got all sorts of mashers right now, and that includes the duo of Aaron Judge along with Anthony Rizzo, a combined 70 home runs this season. I believe that that is seven more than the Detroit Tigers have as a collective judge. He's been able to hit for a 386 on base, and then on top of that, you've got a lot of guys to be able to get on base to be able to take those solo shots. 
into two and three run home runs. DJ turned it up. LeMayu, 290 batting average, 390 on base. And then Gleyber Torres, Jose Trevino, both hanging between about a 255 to a 265. Isaiah Kinnair Falefa has been able to do a good job of being able to move the line. You've had John Carlos Sant be a little bit in and out of the fold for the team. That has been a tad bit of an issue for this bunch as he's got 24 home runs. He's going to be out of the fold once again in this one. But still, you've got so many guys that it winds up being able to mask that as you've got Andrew Benintendi now in the fold who's sitting above a 300. And then for the St. Louis Cardinals, you wind up seeing some mixing and shaking as they want trading away Harrison Bader to the New York Yankees. But still, Paul Goldschmidt, coupled with Nolan Arenado, a combined 46 home runs going into game two of the double dip against the Chicago Cubs. And obviously with Goldschmidt, north of a 400 on base, right now the odds on favorite to be able to win MVP. But on top of that, you do have Tommy Edmond, Dylan Carlson, both of these guys in between about a 245 to a 255. Edmond has been able to give you right around 20 stolen bases thus far this season. Tyler O'Neill needs to pick it up. He, Lars Newpar, Albert Pujols, only between about a 232 and 235. And the injury to Juan Yepes has hurt them a little bit. But for the St. Louis Cardinals, relatively solid bullpen as well. Junior Fernandez along Genesis Cabrera. Both have sub-3 ERAs, and both of these guys are able to give you multiple innings. Looks like Fernandez might be unavailable for this game, but you are going to have Panky Naughton, who is going to be available. He's been able to do a good job in some longer relief as well. DJ McFarland has been a little bit of a mess, but still, you do have a relatively solid bullpen with Ryan Elsley posing up a sub-1 ERA. And I know that there are people questioning Clay Holmes, but he still has a sub-2 ERA thus far this season. He's been able to do a nice job for this Yankees team. And then Ron Medanakio, along with Wani Peralta, have sub-3 ERAs. Albert Abre has been able to do a solid job for the team. They pick up Scott Efres off of the scrap heap as well in the trade deadline. So, all in all, I like the Yankees bullpen in this spot as well. I just think that Dakota Hudson going to wind up getting a little bit shelled. I did want to say my total at an 8.3. I think that Nestor is going to be able to help keep this game under in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in St. Louis. So, looking at the under and one to lay up to a minus 148 with the Yankees. And that will wrap things up for the Friday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Vison Family Podcast. Big thanks to Mid-Major Matt, a.k.a. Matt Josephs, for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gunit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters here. Amy knows I'm so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'll be coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.